Welcome to the archives of Radio Curious. I'm Barry Vogel. The governments of most countries in the world send an ambassador to other countries to talk about and promote what their country is like and to carry on the political affairs between one country and another. These ambassadors often have assistants who are called cultural attaches. The cultural attaches present the culture, the folklore, and the history from the country where they are from to the country where they are visiting. In this program from the Archives of Radio Curious, recorded in 1997, we visit with Gregorio Luque, who was then the Council for Cultural Affairs for Mexico. He'd spent eight and a half years in Washington, D.C., and at the time this program was recorded, he had been working in Los Angeles, California, as the cultural attaché for 18 months. His idea is to broaden the cultural presence between the United States and Mexico. Gregorio Luque, welcome to Radio Curious. I'm very pleased to be here. Talk about the cultural presence that you're trying to bring to California uh, from Mexico. What gaps are you trying to bridge? I believe that Mexico historically has one of the richest and most powerful uh, cultures in the world. It's a tradition that comes from more, from more than 3,000 years. And this tradition is known only partially. Uh, we know a little bit about uh, ancient Mexico and the pyramids and some of the 20th century art, but there's uh, a lot of gaps in this. And there's also uh, the need to make it accessible to a broader audience. I truly believe that the best way that you can understand a culture is by studying its art, by studying those uh, it's literature, it's paintings. Many times you can learn more about a people through their art than if you were to, to read statistics or uh, the current affairs. Because the culture reveals not just what the people, uh, the way people see themselves, but also the continuity of that feeling throughout the years. And this is why it's so important, it's so useful. Oftentimes, though, it is the artist that is persecuted by repressive political governments. They try and explain something or express a new idea. Um, we have the horrible history of what happened in Chile in 1973. Yeah, uh, uh, it is the artist, the conscience of a, of a nation. Uh, and, and this is why when we look at, for example, in the case of Chile, if you read uh, Neruda, or you would later read uh, Isabel Allende's uh, version of those horrible days, it gives you a, a, a sense of what that people were feeling at the moment. But not only do, does it, it communicate the travails, but also the joys, the hopes, the dreams of a people, uh, the, the fantasy of that country, the way it sees itself. And it 
gives you something that is even more important that cannot be necessarily rendered in words, which is a sensitivity. You can learn more about the African-American experience by listening to some blues or some spirituals that if I were to read a lengthy description of what was happening. Why? Because it's not, sometimes it's not enough to know what, is, what has happened. What is also important is to be able to feel what others have felt. And this is the possibility of establishing empathy with another human being in another circumstance. And this is the bridge that can be built through art. And this is why I believe it's so important. What was the reason that you were moved from Washington, D.C. to Los Angeles? Uh, there's an enormous Mexican uh, community in Los Angeles, and of course California has a, a uh, very strong Mexican influence in uh, the state's history, some good and some bad. Was there a reason why your government wanted you to come to California? Well, I believe that, that uh, there isn't uh, no city in the world that has a, a largest, uh, not only of Mexican, but of Spanish-speaking people after Mexico City than Los Angeles. And, and so I, the, the purpose has, I believe, a double function. For all of those that are of, of Mexican origin, no? especially from the young, from the children, it is important for them to know the culture that they come from, to be able to, to feel pride in this culture. And for those that are not of Mexican descent, Precisely because there is such a, a large community, it is important to understand more and know more about it and, and to find what we can learn from each other and, and how can we prosper together. It has been said that the Mexico and, and the U.S. have been neighbors, are neighbors and will be neighbors forever. And so it is very important to make this neighbor Hood, this togetherness, a source of, of strength and not a, a, a source of division. And so I, culture can help that. It certainly can't solve all the problems, but it can permit a greater understanding of the other. And so I think that, that it is a, a, a very important job to do this, and, and that has been uh, building. Uh, the, you must remember the beautiful exhibit, 30 Centuries of, of Splendor, but always it was like a big exhibit and then, and then nothing, and then again another. So the idea is to try to give it continuity and to, and to get, make it a more permanent uh, uh, cultural promotion. Mexico is a country with multiple races and, and many different uh, racial origins, and California is becoming the same thing. Um, you can bridge gaps by, by bringing a synthesis or creating a new synthesis of, of sharing cultures with um, uh, the different racial groups. But how do you do that? And at the same time, when a new synthesis is created, maintain the cultural identity of the many different races and the diff many different cultural groups. Well, I think that, that the Mexican experience can be useful in, in this country uh, because 
No, you, you lose that individual identity. In, me in the Mexican experience? Yes, I believe that and you form a new identity. In other words, the, the, India, the many different uh, Native American or Indian groups have blended more into a Mexican culture? In Mexico, what, what happened in Mexico is that you have, of course, a very strong uh, Indian civilizations. And then you have the arrival of the European, Spanish cultures. And, and also you have a, a strong African-American influences. And all of these very strong cultures uh, blend and, and form a new identity and a new culture that is enriched by all of them, but it is also different from them. The, the strength of a person like Frida Kahlo is precisely that she represents the coming together of different, of different cultures. And this is evident in everything in Mexico. Who is Frida Kahlo? Frida Kahlo is well, one of Mexico's greatest artists. She's uh, uh, probably the most famous women artist of Mexico. And increasingly she's uh, being very much uh, admired abroad, uh, and particularly in, in the United States, I would say. If you were to sum up the contributions that she has made as an artist, what would you say? I would say that she is a multicultural Mexican artist. She's somebody that was able to bring the different uh, racial and cultural and, and religious aspects that exist in Mexico and to fuse them to express herself using all of these elements to create a work in which People can recognize each other. Many different people can recognize each other. She had a very difficult life. Many painful surgeries, um, difficult for her to get around. Frida Kahlo, her, through her whole life, it was like a battle against adversity. When she's uh, only seven years old, she develops polio. And later she has this as a teenager, she recovers from polio. She's able to walk again. And, uh, and then she has this horrific accident in which she breaks her pelvis, her spine, her leg, all this kind of... And as a consequence of this accident, she has constantly surgical interventions. She's unable to have children. But the important thing is not the fact that she suffered, but that she was able to not only, I would say, overcome this suffering, but sublimate it through her art. She was able to create paintings in which she expresses her pain, but at the same time continue creating and continuing moving forward. And at the same time bringing all of the different cultural legacies of Mexico together. So I think people respond to this in many levels, you know, from a, on a personal point of view, but also from a cultural uh, aspect. I want to take a moment and say that my guest uh, this week is Gregorio Luque, who is the Council for Cultural Affairs 
from the country of Mexico, from the Republic of Mexico. He's based in Los Angeles and he's visiting in Ukiah to do a presentation on the Day of the Dead about uh, Frida Kahlo. Gregorio, you have a particular personal interest in Vincent van Gogh. And I understand that he's been, in a way, a guiding light uh, for your life and uh, some of your personal thoughts. Uh, I'd like you to tell us about that. I would recommend to all of you, all our friends that are listening, to buy the letters of Van Gogh. Don't go for the novels and the books. Go for the letters of Van Gogh. What and do these letters say? Read How, a what letter do they, a day. What do they speak to you? It's Van Gogh's struggle to create, his uh, visions of art, his visions of life, they are extraordinary. If you read a letter of Van Gogh a day, your life will be much fuller. It's one of the, the, the things that uh, I've done always. I go to bed and I read a letter of Van Gogh. And believe me, you will see life differently. The way his, his much more than art. He speaks about life, about nature, about one's relationship with, with God, with, with, with love. It's one of those great uh, testimonies of history. So I really would encourage you to, to buy the letters of Van Gogh and to read them. A modern Bible, I would say. What is it about Van Gogh's experience that you feel has brought forth uh, uh, in words what he lived, what he saw? His honesty. Every great artist has to be honest because the only way that a painting or a poem is going to move you if it's true, if it's true to you deeply. So Van Gogh is somebody that feels deeply, that is uncorruptible, that not, never does anything for, 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 for a distorted uh, pursuit. It's his clarity, his, his intensity. And something that I believe would be specially appealing for all of you that live in this land of so much beauty is his relationship with nature. Trying to discover what color is the wheat. How does the sun reflect on, on the mountain? Becoming one with nature and, and not lying and telling what he feels in the most clear and beautiful manner. This is Van Gogh. Gregorio Luque has said, uh, be afraid of self-censorship, say the truth. Can you talk about that, where, where this emanates in, uh, from you, from, from your experience, a man of letters, a man who represents his country, uh, purveying and promoting culture? Well, I believe that if you are to to, to, to be a bridge, you have to be able to, to say the whole truth and, and to, or at least what, what, what is true to you. 
and you have to be able to not hide a part of, for instance, if you're speaking of an artist, sometimes the difficult passages in that artist's life help you enjoy more the better, the, 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 the other lights. So, as a communicator, you must present the whole vision. And by doing so, you make that artist into a real human being and a real person and not an icon that is perfect and is distant and that is far away from people's everyday life. So then, you know, we must run away not only from self-censorship, but from elitism. Art should become a part of our lives. We should see artists and we should see art as part of our day, as something that is that we can be a part of, and not as this icon that is worshipped and that has nothing to do with us. When some people speak of art, they envision uh, symphonies, orchestras, ballets, many things that are available only to people with money. When you speak of art, what do you mean? I think that, that it is profoundly wrong that the tickets and, and, and the have, are inaccessible to people. I think that, that art should be accessible to everyone. And this is why uh, uh, museums are almost the last venue in which people can go and can see an exhibit. And the same must be true about symphony music. music. Why has the audiences for classical music shrink so dramatically? Well, because it's so expensive, because it's something that people can't do on a regular basis. And when you can't do on a regular basis, you stop having the, the continuity that is necessary for that art form to survive. So I think that we must uh, do an effort to bring art to schools, to bring music, to bring good dance, and, and to open it to everybody that we can make it accessible to children, that we can make it accessible to citizens of every, every different group. If we don't do that, if we don't use art as a way of bringing us together, we run the risk of becoming increasingly separated, of increasing, becoming increasingly violent. I think that art should be promoted more than ever, especially in, in the light of what we're doing. I think that a lot of this uh, violence that we see, this uh, experience of young men and women that feel nothing of killing another human being, are all symptoms of, of an artless society, a society where there isn't... See, art permits you. Why does art exist in the first place? Art is derived from the feeling of communion. When the primitive men and women dance together, or they paint together, or they paint the caves, they do it because they want to have power over nature. They want to use almost like a magical instrument. But the fantastic thing is that the magic works not necessarily in the outside, but in bringing them together. They do become more powerful. And and so when you listen to a music uh, composed 200 years ago, you can connect with that human being. 
And when you bring this connection of one human being with another, is the essence of civilization. If we lose art as a driving force in society, we become a prehistoric society. However, and that is, uh, in my view, very dangerous. You um, represent the Republic of Mexico, but is there someone uh, in the Republic of Mexico who tells you as the uh, Council for Cultural Affairs what you should do and how you should say what you should say, or is this your choice? I've uh, uh, been able to... Uh to, Mexico's culture is so vast and, and so rich that uh, it's almost uh, inexhaustible. And I have been able to, to promote those artists or those uh, figures that are considered the most important of, of Mexico, not by, necessarily by, by me, by whom, but by society. Uh, by by the, the through history, there are artists that you know that survive, authors whose books continue to be published and to be read, uh, painters whose work uh, is is still, uh, you know even if they have died, their work their exhibits continue to to be known, and I have tried to begin precisely by those main figures of of Mexican culture because what I'm interested in is in trying to use these great artists, these people like Diego Rivera, like Sor Juana, like Frida Kahlo, uh, as ways to build the bridge between Mexico and the U.S. And by no means does this mean that there are not uh, many other artists that could be equally worthy. Or are there maybe uh, uh, artists that are emerging today? But if there is like an interest in, say, Frida Kahlo or Diego Rivera, and then we're able to, to, to uh, take advantage of that interest and broaden it and tell them more about Frida and bring them in, well then, this, this serves a, 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 a double purpose of nourishing an interest that is here and at the same time of speaking of that artist and by speaking of that artist speak of, of, of the culture in a broader sense. You speak of Frida Kahlo for instance and the challenge I, in my view is not only to speak about Frida Kahlo but how does she connect with the Mexican experience? How does she uh, incorporate popular art? The retablos, the milagros, the popular traditions, the pre-Hispanic traditions. And you present them all that and so then maybe that was only interested in Frida Kahlo might be interested in retablos, might be, want to go to a church, might want to see, uh, 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 I don't know, other forms of iconography. In your country, you have a very unique job, and you bring it to our country. How does a person like yourself get the job that you have? Well, you know, most of the time, uh, you have uh, people that are either established authors or that are you know, very well-known artists or people, people who are, are basically 20, 30 years older than you. That have been recognized uh, as such. And, uh, and in my case, I was, uh, I was fortunate to uh, have been given this opportunity earlier in my, in my life.
which I believe is also uh, very important because since I'm not uh, a famous author myself, my interest is in promoting others and to bringing other artists and, and, and to share them with great enthusiasm and, and great love for, the, for this art and to be able to connect with people. So I don't know, I don't think there is any written... Do you have connections in the uh, government of Mexico that uh, allowed you to get the job that you have? Well, you, you, uh, in, in my, uh, in my experience, uh, it has been the work, uh, itself, you know, that after, you know, a certain period of time, as in every job, you may have an opportunity, but then it is what do you do with that opportunity, and how does your work function, and, and, uh, and how are you able to connect with the society? And, 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 and how does that work have an impact in that society? And it is these repercussions that if your work is well done, if people are enjoying it and they, 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 they uh, call and they, they write and, and they, there is demand for the work that you do, that you can continue in, in a position like this. Well, Gregorio Luque, uh, Council for Cultural Affairs from the Republic of Mexico, I want to thank you for joining us on Radio Curious. But before we close, I want to ask you the question I ask all of my guests, which in a sense you have already answered. And the question is, could you please tell us of an interesting book that you've read lately? Something other than Vincent van Gogh. I recommend you reading uh, the new book by Carlos Fuentes. It's called The Crystal Frontier. And it is a novel in nine short stories about Mexico and the U.S. and about the double perspective of this uh, sometimes difficult but also very enriching relationship. And uh, it's very interesting because it's not just a Mexican view. Carlos Fuentes is a man that has lived a long time in this country and knows it well. And, and so we can see both angles and different views and we can see families and, and I found it fascinating. I think that you will enjoy it very much. Gregorio Luque, thank you very much for joining us on Radio Curious. Thank you. I'm very pleased to be here. In this program from the archives of Radio Curious, recorded in 1997, our guest has been Gregorio Luque, then the cultural attaché from the Republic of Mexico assigned to the Mexican consulate in Los Angeles, California. The books that Gregorio Luque recommends are The Crystal Frontier by Carlos Fuentes and The Letters of Vincent van Gogh by Vincent van Gogh. Copies of this and other editions of Radio Curious can be found on our website, www.radiocurious.org. At Radio Curious, we appreciate hearing from you. Our email is curious at radiocurious.org. The snail mail is 700 West Smith Street in Ukiah, U-K-I-A-H, California, 95482. The phone is 707-621-5075. Ignacio Ayala is the assistant producer. I'm host and producer Barry Vogel. Thank you for listening.